After experiencing the transformative power of a regular meditation practice, it's natural to feel inspired to share this gift and guide others on their own journey of discovery through meditation. Join Buddhist teacher David Nickturn and Duncan Trussell, comedian and creator of the Netflix animated series The Midnight Gospel, for a free online event on Tuesday, May 7th at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. They'll discuss the profound practices of mindfulness Dharma Moon's renowned Mindfulness Meditation Teacher Training Program. Get certified by Dharma Moon to teach meditation, lead group practice sessions, and work with individual students. Visit dharmamoon.com slash beherenow for more info and to reserve your spot for the free online event with David Nickturn and Duncan Trussell. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Are you holding on to a secret you need to get off your chest? Maybe you're feeling regret about past actions. If you keep your stressors all bottled up, it can start to affect you negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and work through whatever is weighing you down. It's also a great way to improve your communication skills, learn to resolve conflict, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash hour today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash hour. Welcome to the Joseph Goldstein Insight Hour. This podcast is an expression of our shared interest in self-discovery. Join Joseph as he shares his deep knowledge of the path of mindfulness. If you are interested in supporting this podcast, please go to BeHereNowNetwork.com slash Joseph. This afternoon, I'd like to continue the discussion and practice of the metta meditation. And just as a reminder, it's really a very simple quality of wishing well for people. The most simple expression of it is, may you be happy. And it's not wanting anything back. It's not in exchange for anything. It's just the development of that capacity for well-wishing. And it has a lot of different nuances in terms of the feeling. Fifty shades of metta. more about the 50 <laughs> so <laughs> lest you be taken down the wrong path I'll read a few <laughs> I'd like to read a few poems which uh, just express some of these different aspects of it different ways we can uh, manifest uh, this feeling 
And then we'll get into the practice a little bit and just talk about, you know, some different uh, styles or ways of cultivating this quality. So these are just a few uh, poems and writings. Uh, The first one is called uh, Shoulders, and it's by the Palestinian-American poet Naomi Shihab Nye. Uh, who I don't know if you're familiar with, actually, a wonderful poet. Uh, So this is what she wrote. A man crosses the street in the rain, stepping gently, looking two times north and south, because his son is asleep on his shoulder. No car must splash him. No car drive too near to his shadow. This man carries the world's most sensitive cargo, but he's not marked. Nowhere does his jacket say fragile, handle with care. His ear fills up with breathing. He hears the hum of a boy's dream deep inside him. We're not going to be able to live in this world if we're not willing to do what he's doing with one another. The road will only be wide and the rain will never stop falling. And so I just found such a beautiful image. A father carrying his son on his shoulders across the road with that care. We're not going to be able to live in this world if we're not willing to do what he's doing with one another. So sometimes just simple images can evoke the quality of metta within us. And so we just, either a poem or an image of someone or uh, is a way of calling forth that feeling within us. This was written, uh, this is a, uh, let's say, an informal rendition of a poem by the Persian poet Hafez, uh, and created uh, by Daniel Ladinsky. And the title of it is The Sun Never Says. Even after all this time, the sun never says to the earth, you owe me. Look what happens with a love like that. It lights the whole sky. That's the quality of metta. It's never never a quality of, I love you and you owe me for this, or I want something in return. It's just like the sun shining on the earth. It's that quality of radiating the felt wish May you be happy. I love the practice and the discussion of this because it's about a feeling that at the same time is incredibly simple. It's not complicated and so profound in terms of how it affects how we are in the world. 
So this is um, this is from the French essayist Montaigne, uh, and he's describing it's a platonic relationship he has, the deepest friendship of his life, you know, and it was a profound relationship for him. And the way he expressed it again, I think it captures just another another shade of metta. He said, in a truly loving relationship, which I have experienced, rather than drawing the one I love to me, I give myself to him. Not merely do I prefer to do him good than to have him do good to me. I would even prefer that he did good to himself rather than to me. It is when he does good to himself that he does most good to me. If his absence is either pleasant or useful to him, then it delights me far more than his presence. (laughs) To me, that just captures the completely selfless quality of metta. That it's really about the happiness of the other person. And that's what we're wishing for. And so that last line, if that other person's absence, you know, is pleasant or useful, that gives me more happiness than his presence would be for me. And so, do you see the beauty of that? It's really selfless. We're not in it for what we're getting. And so the last one I want to read is, you know, a wonderful poem by Galway Cannell. It's called St. Francis and the Sow. And this is just part of the poem. It's the first stanza. The bud stands for all things, even for those things that don't flower. For everything flowers from within of self-blessing, though sometimes it is necessary to reteach a thing its loveliness, to put a hand on its brow of the flower and retell it in words and in touch it is lovely until it flowers again from within of self-blessing. So really in our metta practice, that's what we're doing. We're reteaching a thing, whether it's ourselves or other people. We're reteaching each one of us its loveliness. That's the, the power of metta and the effect of metta until it flowers again from within of self-blessing. So all of these, you know, the father carrying son with tremendous care across the road, the understanding that the sun shines on all of us without any expectation, there's no I owe you or you owe me. You know, and Montaigne's understanding that it 
in this feeling, it's really about the happiness of the other person. It's not for something we get back. And that's what we get back is the happiness that comes from that feeling. You know? And the understanding that it really does reteach us our loveliness. So this is all, these are all aspects, you know, of, of metta. So as Jill mentioned, I think yesterday, uh, there are many ways, there are many ways of practicing this. Um, there are two main purposes for doing metta meditation or aspirations with regard to it. One is uh, metta, loving kindness, can be used as a vehicle for developing concentration. So not only for the metta quality itself, but it is a technique or a method for developing strong concentration, even to the point of absorption or jhana. So that's a, there's a very specific technique or techniques for that. The other purpose or aspiration with regard to its practice is not so much for deepening concentration, although it will have that effect to some extent, but it's more the aspiration as we do the practice, just in a more general way, to cultivate that capacity in ourselves for metta, for caring for loving kindness. So it's not so interested or the main objective is not so much that absorption, but rather just to fill the heart with that feeling and to be able to express it in the many ways we do. So in this second understanding or way of practicing it, which is what we're doing here, um, you can be very creative will give some suggestions, you know, for how to practice it, but in terms of the language one uses, the phrases one uses, how it's done, uh, we'll offer, you know, a variety of approaches. And just as you sit and practice it, experiment a little and see what resonates the most, what connects you the most uh, to this practice. Um, So traditionally, there are three components in doing the metta practice. One component is having a clear perception of who we're sending it to. And that could be ourselves. It could be the traditional list of people. Uh, it would be you know, a great benefactor for whom it's very easy to feel metta or a good friend, or a neutral person, somebody we don't have many feelings for one way or another, or a difficult person, or all beings. So there are many different categories you know, of beings that we can be directing the metta towards. Um, so that's one component, have a clear perception. We're wishing well to you. You know, we, we know who we're directing it towards. And again, it, it can go from ourselves through all these individuals to all beings. But we have a clear sense of direction for the metta. So that's one component. The second component 
is the support for the feeling, which are uh, different phrases that we actually repeat in our practice. So it almost becomes like a mantra of loving kindness. You know, we settle on some phrases that express our wish, our kind wish, and we're repeating those phrases, concentrating on the meaning, directing it towards the image or the sense of the person. So the phrases themselves become a vehicle for cultivating the feeling. And the phrases, as I think Jill mentioned, um, there's a lot of creativity in finding those phrases that express uh, it in a way that you resonate with. May you be happy. May you be peaceful. May you live at ease. May you live in safety. So in a way, it's finding two, three, or four phrases of things that you would most wish for yourself. You know, in your life, what is most meaningful for you in terms of what you would wish for yourself? Because when you connect with those particular expressions, you'll be most connected to the wish for others because you feel it in yourself. Yes, just as I want to be happy, so may you be happy. Just as I want to live in safety, so may you live in safety. Just as I want to be free, so may you be free. So this is the second component of the whole practice. The first is who we're sending it to. The second are the phrases that we use to express this wish of care and kindness. And the third aspect is the actual feeling, you know, the emotional feeling of loving kindness, of kindness, of care, of whatever words uh, you know, resonate with you. It's that feeling of wishing well. So keeping in mind that there are these three components uh, each of you may find it easier to give emphasis to one or the other. So, for example, for some people who can visualize easily, then it's very easy to, to hold the picture in the mind of the person you're sending it to. And again, it could be yourself or, or anybody, but you're really holding the image of that person in mind. And very often, especially when it's somebody for whom we already have a lot of love or care, sometimes simply being with the image evokes the feeling. You know, you might think of a good friend, a really dear friend, and the image comes to mind, and you may not even need any words. The feeling is there, and when you see them, it's like we're with them. We can feel the feeling of metta arise. So for people for whom that's easy, you might want to give some emphasis to the image and keeping the image steady you know, as a way of evoking the feeling. Some people, uh, holding images in the mind is quite difficult. It's not, their minds don't particularly work in that way. So for them, the repetition of the phrases 
might be what's worth emphasizing. You know, and so we're repeating this mantra of metaphrases. It's good to settle on two or three so we can just really sink into each one and feel each one and, uh, and repeating, you know, over and over again. And as we drop into the meaning of the words, the meaning of the words evokes the feeling. You know, may, may you be happy. So some people may focus predominantly on the image, some people predominantly on the repetition of the phrases, and some people, just in a very easy way, may feel connected to the feeling of metta already. You know, it's, for some people it's very accessible, you know, and it's right there, and we just have to kind of drop into the heart space, and it's there. For people who have that connection, you know, then you might give emphasis simply to the feeling and let drop into the feeling of metta and then let it radiate, let the feeling radiate out towards the person or towards all beings. So in all of these cases, you know, we most likely will be using all three of the image, the phrases, the feeling. But I just found that, that it, it's helpful since we are all conditioned somewhat differently in terms of what comes easily. You can use any one of those three doorways into the practice, you know, predominantly. Okay, one last little thing before we just drop into a little time of practice. Um, I found in my own, I've done quite a bit of metta practice over the years, uh, and it was transformative, and, and it wasn't easy. Uh, when I started, it was, it was very difficult for a lot of reasons. Uh, <clears throat> sometimes it was just because of an aberrant understanding of the practice. So at one time I was doing intensive metta practice, you know, for a couple of months at a time intensively. And for about a week or so, I had this crazy idea that the faster I said the phrases, (laughs) the more metta would come. (laughs) I I don't know where that came from. So I was in Burma at the time. So for, I don't know if it was a whole week, but it, it was more than a few days. Maybe happy, maybe fake. <laughs> I, I was just revving the whole thing. <laughs> it was ridiculous. <laughs> so it took me a little while to realize this is not the way. <laughs> uh, so, like any other practice, you know, for some people it's just really easy from the beginning, and for other people, for whatever reason, it's challenging in the beginning. Uh, it doesn't matter. The practice itself as you do it and continue, uh, is deeply transforming. You know, it really changes how we are uh, in relationship to the world and other beings. So just in terms of a, you know, a little technique that 
came as I was doing the practice, I realized that one way was actually to have the feeling and the words be directed towards whoever, you know, whether myself or other beings. So it was like that. And then at a certain point, I just played with a different perspective. And this became, this became more viable when I got more connected with the feeling and it was easier just to sit in the feeling. And so after you do the practice in whatever way, and you, you really are connected, yes, you, you just have this feeling of wishing well. So that becomes like a field, just a field of metta. And then I would, I would simply imagine, um, you know, have different people walk through the field. So, the, so I wasn't kind of directing it out. I was just sitting creating the field. And then, you know, friends would walk through and difficult people would walk through. And, and it was lovely, you know, because then it was much less the feeling of me sending metta to you. Right? It was just creating that feeling field and then basically inviting everybody into it. Uh, and it was lovely. You know, and then it can be very spontaneous about who we think of to invite in. You know, and you can just play. And you can be there and invite all the people you really love a lot in. Then when you're feeling particularly brave, <laughs> invite some of the people who are challenging in your life. Let them enter your field of metta. So you can play with these two different ways and, and see you know, what works for you. Okay, so let's settle into the practice for a bit. Uh, oh, in doing the metta, it's generally helpful as much as possible to sit reasonably comfortable, comfortably. Uh, you know, if you're in a lot of pain, that can be distracting uh, for the cultivation of metta, unless you're actually sending metta to the pain. Uh, <clears throat> So sit in a way that, as I say, is reasonably comfortable. You're not struggling with your posture. And I find it helpful to just let the attention settle in the area of the heart center, the area in the center of the chest. And simply begin, you know, feel the breath there. Just the feeling of the breath. You could think of it as going in and out of the heart center or just feeling the energy at that, at that space in the body. We're resting in that area, breathing gently. And then call to mind somebody <coughs> for whom you have a natural feeling of love, or friendliness, or care, I suggest you pick an uncomplicated relationship. Just somebody where it's very simple and easy. You think of them and you feel good. You think of them and you want them to be happy. So just call them to mind 
and play with the image, see if you can hold the image, and maybe it'll be steady, and maybe it'll be flickering, however it is, but you have a clear sense of who you're sending the metta towards. And then pick a few phrases of what you would most wish for yourself. And you might even spend the first minute or two with the linking phrase, just as I, whatever, just as I want to be happy, so may you be happy. Just as I want to be peaceful, so may you be peaceful. Find your own phrases. Don't rush through them. Connect the meaning with the person. And in a very light way, tune into the feeling behind the phrases. Keeping the person in mind as an image of the person or just somehow the felt sense of the person. Expressing what you most wish for them. And notice what it feels like when you're most connected with that loving wish. What is that feeling like? Let either the image or the phrases be your anchor. And notice at those times when they evoke a particular noticeable feeling of well-wishing. May you be happy, 
and peaceful. May you live in safety and live with ease. And there will be many times when you're repeating the phrase and you don't have any particular feeling with it. That does not mean that you're devoid of metta. And so just keep with the phrases, keep with the image. Sometimes the feeling is stronger, sometimes it's weaker, sometimes it's not even noticeable. Or just keep going with the phrases with the sense of the person, and then sometimes with a particular phrase, we do have a noticeable feeling, oh, yeah, this is what goodwill is, this is what metta is. You can either stay with the same person or call someone else to mind. Surrounding them with the feeling of loving care. And it might be directing the phrases toward the image of them. Or if you're settled into the feeling of metta, invite them simply into the field. Let them cross the field of your loving kindness. When the mind wanders, you can come back to the image, to the phrases, to the breath at the heart center. 
Sometimes it is necessary to reteach a thing its loveliness. You can settle the awareness on the breath at the heart center, letting each breath radiate the unspoken wish of loving care, sending each breath out into the world. As with all of this, you will learn from doing it. You know, just just as I had to learn that speed meta wasn't (laughs) wasn't the way. Okay, I had to do you know a whole bunch of really stupid things, Uh, but that's how we learn. You know, we see what works, what doesn't work. Uh, I would just encourage you to incorporate this into your practice, and even in the walking. Also, sometimes it's beautiful just to be walking in doing the metta, either towards a particular person, or maybe you start doing metta towards everybody that you're passing. You know, maybe you're at home and walking down the street. Just, may you be ha- with everybody you see. May you be happy. May you be happy. Well, it's worth playing with and, and developing and, and cultivating because it becomes more and more who we are. You know, not something we do. Thank you.
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Are you holding on to a secret you need to get off your chest? Maybe you're feeling regret about past actions. If you keep your stressors all bottled up, it can start to affect you negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and work through whatever is weighing you down. It's also a great way to improve your communication skills, learn to resolve conflict, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash insight hour today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash insight hour.